0: Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson. With me is the one of many, Julia Mons.
1: <laughs> thank you for fixing that. Yeah, no problem. I've <laughs> never felt so loved. Thank you for fixing that. You don't that. like
0: being the one and only. I don't. Because evidently you're not. Correct. Although so possibly you could be because it was somebody that...
1: I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Okay. Well. Um, thank you for fixing well, that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, I, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Okay, sorry. That's a song from a Disney movie oh, that I'm really? sure you've never seen. What movie? <clears throat> Any guesses?
0: You're, the, the word, you're welcome?
1: It's a song. You're welcome. It kind of goes to that tune, too.
0: Is it Moana? <laughs> wow. <that was> a, <laughs> it is. I feel like I had vaguely heard that, and I, mm-hmm. I listened to Moana one time mm-hmm. while my... my I think my nephew or niece was watching it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. It It's got great
1: music. Does it? It's also got a really a lot of like things that are absolutely anti Christian. Oh. Like absolutely. Like Hmm. so anyway, you gotta watch for that. But Okay (laughs) As long as you know what you're watching for. Okay. Yeah. So the music's great, huh? Music's great. (laughs) The
0: road to hell's paved with great music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's that bad. Oh, okay. I don't think it's that bad. Well, anti Christian
0: sounds like it, but you know
1: how do how do I explain this, girls? I feel like I'm really girls. Well, I need them to help because I know they've seen it. Oh. Like there's ju- there's just like uh, reincarnation, for example. That mm. obviously isn't a Christian thing. Um,
0: I'm glad there, you know that.
1: There's uh, <laughs> like multiple gods. Okay, belief in multiple gods. Like the main mm-hmm. character is a demigod, so oh. that's obviously not a Christian. I believe in one god thing. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, but if you put those aside, <laughs> yes. But those aside, they're minor. They're only the main part of the story, but they're minor. Sure. <laughs> um, great music.
0: Okay. Anyway, well, well that's I stand my, by what I said. That's my review on Moana. <laughs> <laughs> the road to hell is paved with great music. Uh, you know, like turn on the radio at some point. Anyways, uh, we're going to start praying and... Uh, <laughs> I in the listen, Father, and the Son, and the disagree, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this opportunity to reflect on the gift of the Most Holy Eucharist and the flesh and blood with which you feed us, your beloved people. We ask that you may be with all of those listening to the, this podcast, that you may strengthen their faith and enliven their hope and always motivate them in love. We ask all of this through the intercession of St. John Paul II and the Blessed Virgin Mary, through Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. That was a real hard transition. I think you were still mid-sentence. I was. It's all good. Yeah. I was just
1: going to say I wish I could disagree with you. Yeah. Like because I I do enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But I honestly Part I of can't. this, in all honesty, mm-hmm. and you know this, is mm-hmm. that
0: I'm just part of this. I'm just saying this to make you feel bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like full disclosure. Yeah. Like well um it's so, not making me feel bad. They're all thoughts
1: I've had before. <laughs> like, right. So, okay. Well, yeah. we're
0: on the same page. Yeah. Then. So
1: I just like, you You can't, this is what now correct me if I'm wrong, but cause I could be, I'm new to this parenting thing, but I realize I can't protect my children from everything. Mm-hmm. So my job I think is not to just like, they can't know that there's anything else out there to exist, but to always remind them what's true. So as sure. long as I'm taking that opportunity to say, Hey, by the way, this is false. And here's why. Then I'm, you know, I, am I wrong about that? Sounds right
0: to me. Okay. I, I have never raised a three year old, so I don't know. Um, okay. Never raised a three year old either. So, yeah, no. you know, like, although they've probably done a lot more than I have. So, everybody <laughs> in this person. room, yeah, has had more interactions day in to day out with mm. a, a child. But, well, and of course, so. you
1: could use that as an excuse too. But anyway, I do think that you yeah. can't shield them from everything. Our job is to direct them. And keep pointing them to Christ. So any Sweet. who's okay. present
0: in the Eucharist, right? Christ. Yes. Is that Christ what we're present talking about in the today? Eucharist. We're in the year of the Eucharist. <laughs> yes. Last time the dark got throwed mm. on a word or Vieto.
1: Is that right? Thrown The dark got throwed?
0: The,
1: the dark got thrown?
0: Uh, I think it was done did was thrown.
1: <laughs> okay. Maybe
0: an extra participle in there or something. Gotcha. I don't know.
1: Gotcha. But you were correct. It did get throwed on <laughs> <the> or Vieto.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Yes. I'm trying to make you feel bad. Huh?
1: Try to make you feel bad.
0: (laughs) Uh, Nothing? I'm trying to see if it was working. I did a quick recalibration and. Nothing. All right. No. No feelings in there. No, they. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hungry. Does that count?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Are you hungry for the Eucharist?
0: Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) We're just going to keep going. So, Orvieto Mm -hmm. was a very famous. Um, medieval Eucharistic miracle. We're mm-hmm. talking 1200s, I think 1263, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, this is the first Eucharistic miracle we've kind of jumped on. So we're just going to like Eucharistic miracles in general. Mm-hmm. What what are they? Different kinds of Eucharistic miracles. Why are they helpful? What are they not? Mm-hmm. All those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing, you know, like um, is it reminds the, the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, right? We got to start from there. Mm-hmm. And we talked about John 6. Was that last week we had John 6? For my mm-hmm. flesh is true food and my blood real drink. Was that last week? We had week? tabernacle last we had week. tabernacle. The mm-hmm. week before that was John 6? Beats me. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll say it was sometime in the okay. last month, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So this belief that Jesus is truly flesh and blood present in the mm-hmm. Eucharist. And that's it's important because... So often in religion there's a and I'm talking not just Christian but all religion, there's a disdain for the flesh, right? You think about like reincarnation. Well, I can escape this body and and you know live in the spirits. Well, that's not reincarnation, but you get what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. there's this desire to be escape from physical world, right? My spirit lives on, but my my body's dead. Like that's not a Christian belief at all. And so part of the the um the Eucharistic miracles is like the reminder of the power of the incarnation, right? That Jesus Christ is so flesh and blood present among us in these sacraments, that he's not just up out there or live in history or doesn't just exist in our hearts, but like his flesh and blood is important. Just as our flesh and blood is important, Mm -hmm. which sometimes we forget.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not uh, when we did, we were still in the catechism. We talked about that section, right? The resurrection. When we were talking about the creed, right? Yeah. The resurrection of our own bodies, like, our physical bodies. And yeah. we talked about that. That's what we teach. That's what we believe as Catholic Christians, right? It's what we know is true. That's what we know is true. That's right. right. So talking about that. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. St. Paul mentions, we don't know what it'll be like, but we know that we'll be like him. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. So Jesus Christ saw so a body, right? Give me some food to eat after his resurrection. Mm-hmm. See my touch it. Put it here. Thomas, mm-hmm. touch my hands, put your hand on my side. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's just a reminder. Like, The flesh of Jesus Christ is important. Mm -hmm. So, all right, Eucharistic miracle. What is a Eucharistic miracle? Basically, when anything outside of the ordinary happens with the Eucharist. And part of the Eucharist is like an ordinary thing, right? When a validly ordained priest takes a piece of bread and says, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body given up for you it's the Eucharist, right? Like, and as long as he has that intention or doesn't have a a malicious intention. Um, so that, that's just like the natural thing that happens and that the Eucharist is still, um, appears to be bread and wine. Like your five senses are still saying that this is bread, this is wine, whether it's sight, whether it's smell, whether it's touch, um, all of those are taste like this is still bread on the outside but what it is is the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ so um so that's what ordinarily happens am mm-hmm. I missing anything there no the Chris no no okay
1: so this is yes this is the ordinary
0: right so a Eucharistic ordinary. miracle <laughs> right 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 <laughs> In quotes yeah the re- the way things regularly go is <laughs> mm-hmm. God set it up
1: mm-hmm.
0: ordinary there's sure. an order to it sure you know okay so different kinds of Eucharistic miracles there's some um there's like so, so there's one that Saint Do, happened to St. Don Bosco. So there was a somebody set up for mass and forgot to put enough hosts out for the 600 youth that were there. St. Don Bosco was great with the youth. 600 youth at mass. There are 20 hosts in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And evidently there was a look on Don Bosco's face when he realized like after, you know, he'd already consecrated the bread pushed mine. I was like, uh oh, mm-hmm. and Don Bosco was such a great father. He's a youth, his, he wasn't embarrassed. His heart was broken for the fact that he couldn't give the Eucharist to all of these, all of these kids. So he said a little prayer, looked up to heaven entrusted it into Mary's care, started distributing the Eucharist. You know, he's just going down the communion rail and, uh, didn't run out of hosts, mm. had enough hosts to give them all. So that's a miracle because they didn't run out of the Eucharist, sure. which is miraculous. Right. It's like the multiplication of loaves right. and fishes. Right. So, right.
1: so that's like one type, one type that we can have. So um, you want to give us like examples of some of the other types before we actually go into the miracle of Orvieto, what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah.
0: Another one would be living on the Eucharist. Mm. There are saints who just live on the Eucharist, which that like, don't try that without, well, I would recommend probably everybody listening to this. Don't try that. Right. Um, (laughs) Discuss it with a priest before you do. Um, so cause St. Catherine of Siena is probably the, uh, the, sh- the shining example of somebody who did that. Mm-hmm. And at first her spiritual director said, no, you're mm-hmm. not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then she's, then, then she kind of convinced him like, no, the Lord revealed this to me. This is how I'm supposed to live. Mm-hmm. It was the only food she ate mm-hmm. was the Eucharist mm-hmm. really kind of incredible. Yeah. Right.
1: right. Again, a miracle miracle. and not something we should just undertake just because we think it sounds cool. Because for most
0: of us, that would be prideful, right? Like, oh, no, I'm not ordering anything on the menu tonight because I only live on the Eucharist.
1: And not only would it be prideful, but it would be us not taking proper care of the temples of Mm. our bodies, which we also have a job to do.
0: But for certain people, for whatever reason, the Lord wanted to show them that all you need Mm -hmm. is me.
1: Mm -hmm. And to show us... By just witnessing that, right? Yeah. That that's yeah. Anyway, give yeah. us that example. Okay, what else?
0: Uh, saint Tarsius mm. is a great a great saint. So Saint Tarsius in the early church, there was a persecutions all the time. And so they suspected any any man who was Christian of being a priest. So they would kind of if they were taking communion to the sick, they, they would, you know, they would kill him. Mm-hmm. So Tarsusius was a young boy who was taking communion to the sick because they thought nobody would ever suspect this young boy. Evidently his sanctity gave him away though, mm-hmm. that he was that they suspected him having the Eucharist. He was carrying the Eucharist. They killed him when they rolled over his body to to take the the host. It was no longer there. So mm-hmm. ev- either it was absorbed completely into him. I know that's one of the stories mm-hmm. or the Lord just said, you ain't getting this mm-hmm. peace out. And, uh, and, and, <laughs> The that's Eucharist exactly disappeared what he said in that tradition yeah. as well well I mean <laughs> Jesus he when he was resurrected he was always saying peace right True. Peace be with you true. not peace out but true right on so that's another kind mm-hmm. and probably the so we've got multiplication mm-hmm. living on the Eucharist just the Eucharist being absorbed into uh into Tarsius or disappearing mm-hmm. to avoid desecration probably the most popular one is a physical manifestation of what we believe in the Eucharist, right? We what we know that it's really the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. And there's a physical manifestation that this is actually what's happening. Right. The thing I had somebody one time ask me, like, Father, do you think you'll ever you'll ever get to witness that? Like maybe something like that will happen for you at Mass. Mm -hmm. And my response was I sure hope not because those things seem to happen when the priest doesn't believe, right? Like when the priest doesn't believe that this is really the body and blood of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. Jesus normally shows up and smacks him over the head with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I hope I don't need that. Mm -hmm. But if I do help me Lord.
1: Yeah. And that, that's like the main point too, that I reading about this particular one, this is the first time I've read about this one, but hearing about the stories. Yeah. We're like, you mentioned the, the host, Transforms into the blood or whatever, like you see that sure. physical manifestation. That it is normally coming because the priest is is going is having a lack of faith mm-hmm. in what's actually happening, or is going through some trial of faith or something like that. Um, and so it's just a reminder to all of us too. Like certainly God can work in this way, and God does work in this way, and it would be foolish foolish of us not to believe that He can do these supernatural things and He can work these supernatural miracles. But at the same time. It's also foolish for us to just assume well this this miracle happened through this priest's hands well this priest must be a saint. Well not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. <laughs> just Actually
0: per- seems to be the opposite it a lot. Kind of does, yeah. right? Like
1: just out of out of um, God's love for us, loves us so much and knows we need that so much because our faith is so very weak mm-hmm. that he's willing I guess at some some points to allow this to happen in order to for us to increase our faith and to remain faithful to him. But for those of us who um, you know, are, are the ones who, like you mentioned Thomas before, who don't need to see in order to mm. believe. And Jesus tells us, blessed are those right. who have not seen and have believed, right? Um, but again, those who perhaps are struggling, and that's the story we get to today. That is the, the as quote-unquote legend has it, right? That the priest was struggling in his yeah. faith, right?
0: Peter of Prague, mm-hmm. a German priest, 1263, Top stops in this uh, little village of Bolsena in uh, on a pilgrimage to Rome, he is, uh, and so he celebrates Mass. And mm-hmm. as he's elevates the host at Mass, they say almost immediately as he finishes the words of consecration, it begins to drip blood, mm-hmm. and um, and that shocked him mm-hmm. to the point. I think it said in the middle of Mass, he he just he he couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. Right? like he was so just kind of dumbfounded that he couldn't finish. And so the the blood, f- or the yeah, the blood that was dripping from the host. At this point, you know, you don't know what to think, right? Right. Is it blood? What is this? Mm -hmm. It was on a a corporal. So that's, um, it's a a square piece of cloth that is used to catch any particles, any fragments of the Eucharist, but that's where all of the blood, all of the blood dripped, dripped upon there. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Yeah. So it does say that um, immediately he was confused. At first he attempted to hide it, but then he interrupted the mass and asked to be taken to the neighboring city of Orvieto, the city where. Pope Urban the fourth, was then residing, which I, from what I've read was about 10 miles away from the city sure. that he was in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so he gets there mm-hmm. and the first thing the Pope does is absolve him for his lack of belief. I know, like, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, let's not worry about investigating mm-hmm. this, but hey, my son, come here. Let me mm-hmm. forgive you for your lack of faith in mm-hmm. Jesus in the Eucharist, mm-hmm. Be, which, is, which is just a beautiful, a beautiful yeah. idea. Oh and my thing. gosh, I know. Yeah. 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 So, so they they have the host there that's dripping blood. They have um, the the stains and everybody's presence. And the uh, the pope begins the invest. They basically like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. They start to investigate it,
1: mm-hmm. which by the way makes sense, right? So right. there's investigations that happen in these anytime that there's a supernatural type of experience or claim. The church at some point will then go, if it's worthy of it, <laughs> will then go of uh, to to further investigate it, right? To make yeah. sure. He wasn't dr- pouring blood, or right, you know? Anyway, to just make sure it's legit. Yeah. Holy Mother sh- Church totally should do that. I know sometimes there's these supernatural occurrences that happen, and sometimes as a lay faith, well, we get we get frustrated that Holy Mother Church is so slow to investigate these things. Because mm-hmm. from our perspective, it seems like it was such a miracle. It brings so many people to faith. It brings so, p- so many people to believe. And, and we get frustrated that Holy Mother Church is so slow in this investigation. But that's really... Such an important part of who she yeah. is as our mother to make sure we're not led astray, right? And so anyway, yes, so per- Pope Urban Fourth is investigating, right, to make sure that what um, this priest thought had happened is really what had happened.
0: Right. Um, and nobody saw him doing anything else, right? You would interview some witnesses mm-hmm. to be like, okay, what did you see? Like mm-hmm. under oath to God, mm-hmm. what can you testify is the truth. And so there's a whole lot of prudence mm-hmm. that goes into any investigation of a miracle and you want to rule out any, anything that's not, cause gosh, how embarrassing would that be if it's like, actually, mm-hmm. uh, we all conspired together and this is what happened. Sure. So,
1: right. Exactly. Um, okay. So the actual miracle happened in this, um, pronounce that again. How did you pronounce that? Uh, I
0: said Bolsena. That but sounded
1: great. Yeah. So it happened there. And then, so they, he took the the corporal mm-hmm. to Orvieto and this is where it, it remains to this day, right. right?
0: On display. So you can go to the town, the cathedral of Orvieto where this, um, where this corporal is on display mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, I think it's it's a big thing for the city, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is what the city of Orvieto in some ways is known for. Mm-hmm. I think they have a big procession with the Eucharist and the corporal every feast of Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. So this actually inspired the feast of Corpus Christi too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we talked about Corpus Christi and there's the St. Juliana of Liège, I believe, mm-hmm. who was the one that was really kind of the impetus for this. Mm-hmm. But it was the next year that the feast of Corpus Christi was established, which makes you think like this was almost like urban the fourth God's like smacking them say hey you need a little bit more encouragement mm-hmm. here it is mm-hmm. and that's God's mercy not his Absolutely. beating hand God's yeah.
1: mercy and again going back to what we said earlier anytime these the, the you know God allows these supernatural experiences to happen these supernatural miracles to happen it is an act of mercy towards us right I just right. feel like he loves us so much and it's like we don't he doesn't have to do any of that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's not what faith is. Faith is not seeing this. Right. Faith is believing, right? So he doesn't owe us this. He doesn't owe us Eucharistic miracles, right? Um, and, and so anyway, but it is out of his mercy because we are such wayward, fickle children who at the smallest sight will all of a sudden say, wait, now hold on. Right. That doesn't sound right. I don't believe anymore. Um, or just as years go by, your faith gets dry, I mm-hmm. guess. So
0: And also, you know, it's kind of amazing, you know, if you get a book of Eucharistic miracles, there's a lot of them that have happened recently, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot in like the turn of the first century, and then there's more that have happened recently, which when you think about, okay, well, why is that? Mm -hmm. It's the Lord's mercy, right? Mm -hmm. The lack of belief that's happened. Uh, And even like, it's amazing, um, the real presence of Jesus was not doubted severely into like we don't have historical record hundreds of years later. Right. Mm-hmm. People doubted the humanity of Christ, the divinity of Christ, but the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, it, you know, we got Berengarius of Tour up here. He's up there because he's the first one that really doubted the Eucharist. And mm-hmm. so we'll get to that eventually, but it's just amazing. Like it took this long for doubts really to, to seep in that everybody believed this. Mm-hmm. But when people stopped, God intervened because mm-hmm. he's mercy.
1: That's so interesting to think about, too, because going back to when we talked about, too, what you said, John 6, and we're talking about, like, this is where Jesus is laying this out, you know, whoever eats my or eats my body, drinks my blood, right? You do or you do not have life mm-hmm. within you. And it was such a turning point, right, to his followers at that time. And so many left him, right? And remember, he t- turns to Peter, are you going to leave me too, right? And so, like, the ones that remained after that are the ones that believed, That Mm -hmm. this, I don't understand how it's going to happen, but I believe you are who you say you are. And I believe your words are truth, right? Even if I can't comprehend it with my intellect or draw it out on paper. And so, like you said, because like we had this wasn't until years, years later where this started to be questioned. It's almost like in the beginning, like that was like the crux point. Like you believed that you were eating his flesh and drinking his blood, or you weren't even like, in you weren't boat. on the radar yeah, yeah, in the boat, y- right? You just weren't, you just, it was two different things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, anyway, faith, it's been thousands of years. Right. And so, yeah. yeah, we just get confused. We fall away from him, get other things that are feeding into our ears, this, that, the other, and we just get more and more confused. <laughs> right. So, anyhow.
0: Um, and so this Orvieto is one of, you know, we, I, called it like a physical manifestation sure. in the Eucharist. And so that comes in different ways. Like, so that's a host dripping blood. Mm-hmm. Another one that's up here is Lanciano where mm-hmm. the, uh, where the, the precious blood in the, under the appearances of wine turned into actual blood mm-hmm. and, and it's still preserved today, hundreds over a thousand years later. So mm-hmm. that's one. And then also sometimes a host turning into actual flesh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that, that happens, you know, sometimes it's in, at, in a monstrance, sometimes it's in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. I was reading about one just the other day in Argentina, it was in the 90s, where they went into the tabernacle and their uh, host had turned into flesh. Mm-hmm. And they did all sorts of scientific studies that is just phenomenal. Stay tuned to our uh, Year of the Eucharist videos. There will be one in July. Oh. So July is gonna be about Eucharistic miracles. Mm-hmm. There'll be one about Buenos Aires. Okay. Part of it is because, do you know who the Archbishop of Buenos Aires was at the time who made sure that this got well investigated?
1: Well, Pope Francis. Yeah.
0: Whatever,
1: his cardinal Jorge Bagoglio. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So that's, I, you know, just the way that mm-hmm. all works in the grand scheme of things is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. So
1: somebody just told me that the other day. Yeah. So kudos to that person. Um, something when I was reading about this, something else that caught my attention talking about um, just like the times. And mm-hmm. it's just fascinating. So this was in the year 1263 when this miracle took place. Um, So again, this German priest stopped at this town north of Rome while he was on a pilgrimage. Um, Records indicate that he was a good, pious priest who strived for holiness. He was troubled by the apathy of many of the faithful, clerical immorality and laxity, and a lack of reverence at Mass. Worse, he was afflicted with doubt about the Holy Eucharist. So anyway, you read that. He was troubled by the apathy of many of the faithful. He was troubled by clerical immorality and laxity. He was troubled by a lack of reverence at Mass. He was afflicted with the doubt about the Holy Eucharist. You think, what year was this? 1263 or 2021, right? <laughs> like, isn't it like we yeah. are always... We Sometimes we think like in our... Things were so much better back here. Things were so much better back then. And, and we just, we don't... Like we need to remember that the church has been struggling with these same things like from day one, right. right? With all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that anyway, that was just like, that's brilliant. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, I guess, and just a couple things, Eucharistic. So we have this Eucharistic miracle. What are take homes for us? Sure. Just to, and so there's some limits of eucharistic miracles and just maybe reminders first is that our faith is not built upon eucharistic miracles right our faith in jesus's real presence in the eucharist is not because of these miracles it's that they're nourished by it 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 reaffirms what we believed but we believe because jesus said so right like because jesus said this is my body and unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood because it's real food real drink that's why we believe not because something miraculous happened it can strengthen our faith But, you know, if we're teaching an RCA class, why do Catholics believe in the real presence? The answer is not miracles. Mm -hmm. The miracles confirm what we already believe. Mm -hmm. So that's just like a reminder. Miracles are great. It's powerful. It's wonderful to see. But because Jesus says this, that's why we believe. So I guess another one, Catholics aren't obliged to believe in Eucharistic miracles like we talked about with private revelation. Mm -hmm. The church says this is worthy of belief, Mm -hmm. that there's no scientific proof or there's no scientific reason any of this happened, mm-hmm. but it is private revelation. But I think the, the thing we have to keep in mind is like this could happen, mm-hmm. right? Like I think we have to have enough faith to say God could really intervene physically in this way. Mm-hmm. So, so, and maybe some good things like the, the Eucharist helps us, it, you know, it, it gives us an opportunity to discuss the the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. Like to those who, who aren't Catholic, like, this this should just blow their minds oh, right yeah. like this and it should give us a great opportunity to talk about it mm-hmm. right to say like do you ever hear about this or what do you think about this and mm-hmm. um yeah and it helps us to love the eucharist right mm-hmm. it should bring us more and more in love with the eucharist cuz it's just a reminder like yes he he really means like this is true flesh and this is true blood and mm-hmm. i you know you have i have that realization every now and then you know as you elevate the chalice like this is this is somebody's blood mm-hmm. like he bled out and that's in the chalice and um and if a lot of times when i screw up at mass it's because i think about that too much yeah. <laughs> you know you start right. like, take this all of you need of it this is my body like oh my gosh this is the flesh right. from a man's heart that died upon a cross right yeah
1: i yeah i it's by some grace that you as a priest, what's happening. Like we've talked about that quote before. Like you don't, you don't actually fully comprehend what's happening because you wouldn't be able to
0: continue. continue.
1: I remember one time I was cantering at mass and after communion, instead of announcing the communion hymn, I announced the, closing him. Oh yeah. And I'm like, listen, I'm not responsible for what happens after I receive communion. Yeah. Like I don't know what to tell you. That's on you. <laughs> no, that was totally my fault. But anyway, like you just get wrapped sure. up in what's happening. So, um, that's why Padre anyway.
0: Pio's masses lasted three hours because yeah, right? he let himself get wrapped up. And mm-hmm. maybe the answer is why don't we let ourselves do that?
1: Mm-hmm who knows that's that's a question when when father sean start getting masses start getting longer just just so you know he's allowed himself to go there Mm. but there are times to to allow to seriously to like yeah
0: that you just can't help it you can and you should right yeah i
1: remember one time like um going up this was years ago long before the pandemic or anything but going to receive the precious blood and just all of a sudden like having that where it just hit you like (gasps) oh my gosh, this is really what's happening here. And it just was so overwhelming that I started like bawling hysterically. I felt really bad for the distributor. Like this man probably like
0: Mm. thinks I'm a
1: crazy person, but all of a sudden it just hit me. Like this is really what's happening. Like, holy cow. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. So um, not that we're supposed to, you know, live like that every moment of our lives here, but every now and again, I think it's good for us to, recognize that to let ourselves go there i guess is what we're saying
0: oftentimes it's the lord that wants us to go there right Mm -hmm. like he wants us to have a deeper experience and appreciation for what he's giving us in the eucharist and if we fight that in some ways we're fighting god Mm -hmm. so
1: i remember doing like a young youth retreat and a very young person coming up and like talking about um just how moved they were by the spirit in that moment, and and anyway, they were really like feeling the Lord's presence in a powerful way. And me being the, uh, what's it called when you rain on somebody's parade? Me raining on this person's parade. I, I,
0: not to offend anybody named Deborah, but Debbie Downer.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> me being that person, I'm like, that's really great, and I'm so happy and praise God that you know you're experiencing that. But I just want you to remember, like after the retreat life will get real again, you know, life will get like, and you'll have all these temptations Mm -hmm. and all this stuff will come back, but remember what you're feeling now. You know, you can always look back on this. And anyway, she had such a wise response. She's like, of course, I'm not going to go out and feel like this all the time because I can't go around my life crying Mm. all day, every day. I can't go around like floating like this all day, every day. Like it made sense to her that that would be the case. It wasn't disappointing to her. Like, what do you mean this is going to leave? Anyway, there was so much wisdom. I learned so much from that response. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Of course I can't live like this. Mm. Like that's what eternal life is for. Right. (laughs) So Mm. we are in exile here. So anyway, all this talk to just again, another reminder of um, Christ's real presence in the Eucharist and the love. That we are meant to have for him in his Eucharistic presence. God. That's it. Yeah,
0: seems like it, right?
1: I feel like are, you think it's appropriate to like read your um your King Leo thing. Oh yeah, or tell us about Louis. That Louis. Yeah, sorry. yeah.
0: So. So I was trying to find this quote from Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. about the miracle at Orvieto. So after the miracle happens and Juliana of Liege, mm-hmm. the Pope asked St. Thomas Aquinas to compose the, the prayers for the Feast of Corpus Christi. Something about he was going to go there, but he decided not to because he knew what the blood of Christ looked like. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it anywhere. Maybe it was a figment of my imagination. But what I did find was Saint Louis, King of France, I think Louis IX. Um, so he's in his study, he's in his he's in his palace, and there's of course a chapel there. They're an exposition. He's in his study, somewhere else in the building, working as kings do. And somebody comes to him and says, King Louis, the 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 Jesus Christ is appearing as an infant in the host. The child Jesus is present in the monstrance. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's what's communicated to King Louis Mm -hmm. and St. Louis says, I could not more firmly believe in Christ's presence in the Eucharist. If I were to behold a miracle, Mm -hmm. basically I already believe that he's (laughs) there. I don't need a miracle to confirm that I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I've been present at mass. I was just Mm -hmm. there earlier because Mm -hmm. I believe, so Mm -hmm. thank you for the notification. Praise God. But, Mm -hmm. um, I believe.
1: Right. <laughs> I anyway, I think that's a beautiful note to end yeah. on as we wrap our heads around eucharistic miracles and and again, the mercy of God giving them to us when we need them, but also it's not the crux that our faith is built upon.
0: Right. Yeah. But it is it's it's kind of fascinating to just go down that rabbit hole of eucharistic miracles cuz mm-hmm. I don't know how often we talk about it. But there it's phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. the the fact that the Lord's confirming what we what we what he's already revealed is mm-hmm. true. Um, so the realpresence.org I think has a whole lot of stuff about the Eucharist. So feel free to go there, find yourself down a couple rabbit holes. Realize you need to go to bed after two hours of doing that. Uh-oh. And uh you know, are the you Lord loves from you. From
1: life experience?
0: Um, maybe.
1: There are worse rabbit holes. To there get are down. far <laughs> worse rabbit
0: holes that I've been down.
1: <laughs> so. So as you're doing that, let's think where we want to go next. Mm-hmm-hmm. You got any suggestions, girls, where you want him to aim the dart this time? They don't care, Father.
0: They don't care, huh? Well,
1: they, they're they not saying anything. Oh, that was the no look.
0: The vulnerability <gasps> of Christ.
1: I was looking at that before you got up here, and I was like, oh, that's a good one. Wow. <laughs> so I'm so excited you threw it there. Wonderful. I'm so excited. I'm so excited.
0: Okay, sorry. I've kind of been giddy all day, Julia. I
1: know. That, sorry, guys. If I was in a weird mood today, apparently I am. Father Sean told me I'm in a weird mood.
0: I, I just said you're. You, I don't know if I said weird.
1: You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. I don't know what you said. But I was kind of goofy. Got really excited about being here today. So mm-hmm. anyway.
0: Anywho, you want to pray us out?
1: Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of our lives and for the gift of our Catholic faith. We thank you for the gift of your body and blood present in the tabernacle, present at each and every Mass, and present in a real way in the Eucharistic miracles that by God's hand you have allowed us to witness and to be a part of. We ask that you continue to bless us as we journey closer to you, that you bless those of us who might be struggling with our belief and our faith in the Eucharist, that you may draw us all close into the depths of your love, that me, you may keep us there all the days of our life. For you, our Lord, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.